friends, I'm back. And boy, do you wish I weren't. Oh, my God. Holy Mary, mother of Joseph, Jesus. I have been I've been collecting themes for this episode. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to start off with this. If there was ever an episode to recommend to someone, it'd be this one. Okay? It'd be this one. All right? So go ahead. Like, subscribe, follow, add a friend. Do what you got to do. Okay? I just got home. I'm supposed to be at the gym right now. Okay? I drank enough caffeine to fuel a small city. And I'm supposed to be at the gym right now because I haven't been in two days. Okay? I haven't been in two days. Because I didn't feel safe driving in the rain the other day. It was too much. And I just got a flat fucking tire. Not only did I get a flat fucking tire, I got a flat fucking tire by hitting a pothole on a rip, on a ramp up to the highway. Okay. I, I got off of work. I start driving. I hit this pothole and my whole fucking tire busts at the seams. Yes, I did go back and I did get the clip. And yes, I will put it on the TikTok. But like, Jesus Christ. And it's the same tire that popped when I was 16. Okay. The last time I got a flat tire, I was making a turn and I was not the best driver because I was 16 and I was doing my fucking best. And I may have been halfway on a median. And then when I realized I was driving on the median, I swerved to get off of it and my tire kapunked down and it did. It popped. Okay. And it was Father's Day weekend. I was driving to the store to get my dad a card and I was like, I'm fucking freaking out right now. And like, I need fucking help. And he was like trying to teach me how to fucking fix a tire. And I was like, I'm wearing flip-flops. Okay. He was like, step on it and like bounce to get it to go. And I was like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And guess what didn't happen? That. That did not happen. I sliced my fucking ankle open. So I immediately was like, I don't know how to change this tire. Like in theory, I know how to change it. If like you step on the thing and you I don't know how to do it. Okay. And even if I did, which I like, I probably could. Okay. I probably could. But I'm on the highway. There are semi trucks swirling past me. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I text one of my girlfriends. I love you so much. I know you listen. Thank you for being there for me in my moment of need. And I text her and I go, oh my God, I just got a flat tire. I'm on the ramp from work. Do I reach out to someone from work and be like, hey, can you, can you come, can you come help me? Or do I reach out to a man who I don't talk to anymore? Like, do I reach out to the guy that I was seeing who I'm not seeing anymore to be like, I need help. Please help me. Or do I reach out to somebody else and go, hey, I, this is humbling. This is embarrassing. This is a horrible moment. And she was like, well, the work people are probably closer. One, two, that the work person can probably fix it in five minutes. And three, I, I would not reach out to him. And I was like, that's fair. I also like don't want to, but he's the only person in this city I know. And like that kind of pisses me off. Like I just made a new girlfriend in this city and I'm so happy about that. And I'm so excited about that. But like in my moment of need, the only person I feel like I know semi-decently enough to be like, I need help is a guy I, I, I don't talk to anymore. I mean, like he reaches out every once in a while, but like we're not in cahoots. We are not close like that. And it's not like we were friends to begin with. So for me to ask for like a favor is weird. This sucks. 
like these are the moments that like I posted a video. Oh, I posted a video this week because I was like, listen, like I post a lot of like the highlight reel because like, yeah, that's what social media is. But also like the moments where I am at my absolute fucking lowest and I'm crying my eyes out and I'm in the car and I'm going, I have never felt this lonely and I am struggling and like, I am not supposed to be alone. Like I cropped that video too. I posted a video from when I was crying about the squirrel incident and like listen it was not about the squirrel like yes I was sad that there was a dead squirrel on the side of the road but in reality like I think I talked about it of like it was a moment where I sat there and I was like I feel so I feel alone and I'm not supposed to be I'm not supposed to be alone I'm supposed to have someone that when I get a flat tire I can go babe I got a flat tire and like I need help yes call roadside assistance I want someone who when I have things like this in my life I know I can turn to and go, oh my God, what do I do? Let me call you. I want the person that I can call in these situations and know that I like have that person, okay? show, Hey, universe, God, world, whatever energy is powering over us, show me that person. Give me that person. I'm ready for that person. I am fully ready to welcome someone into my life who I get to share my life with and I get to share these moments with that when I'm feeling scared, I can say, hey, I need a little reassurance. I need you to be here for me. I need you to help me. I'm ready to accept the help. I think I've spent my whole life saying I don't need help. I don't need anyone. I can do everything on my own and I am ready to say I am ready to accept not doing it on my own. I'm ready to accept someone else's help. I'm ready for that. So. Either way, I put on my – thank God. I literally – a buddy of mine from work came and he helped me out and he was like, do you have any safety gear? Like we live in BFE. Do you have like a high visibility vest in your car? And I was like, no. Why would I have that? And he was like, for these moments, do you have gloves in your car? And I said, no. Why would I have that? And he said, for moments like this. I literally, I looked at him. I looked at him like I was goddamn stupid. I looked at him like a fucking idiot. And I sat there and I was like, I washed my hair today. Like I planned on today being a good day. I washed my hair. And he was like, that's all it takes. I said, that's all it needed to take. I was so excited that I was going to go work out. And like my day did not go how I wanted it to go. It didn't go as I had planned for it to go. And you know what? I let go and I let things happen the way they need to. But I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I need to go figure out if I can salvage this tire or if I have to buy a new one or if I have to buy two new ones. I just got it rotated. What the fuck? I swear. I got it rotated. I got my brakes fixed because I was driving and they were like, hey, babe, you have no brakes. And I said, mm, yes, I do. I just need the brake fluid looked at because it says that when I brake, I'm I'm low on brake fluid. And they said, uh, no, you just do not have brakes. And they were like, how do you not hear it? And I was like, I don't hear anything when I brake. And now they allegedly replaced my brakes, right? Now I hear shit. What the fuck is that about? Anyways. So yeah, I got the flattiest of flat tires. I am going to now need to drive on my little donut to go see if someone can salvage it tomorrow. So that's going to be splendidly umptious. But I, I just wanted to get that off my chest because that's how I spent my last, what, hour? Okay. Now on to the things that I have been making. I made a list. I came free fucking haired bitches. And I say that as a term of endearment. Like when I call you a bitch, like it's because I love you. Like I love you, bitch. Like think of it as like, oh my 
my God. Thank you, Barbie. Like it, that's the same energy. Okay. That is the energy we're giving. It is nothing but love. And if you don't like that, all right, slay, baby. Okay. So I realized I listened back to last week's episode. I did not explain the significance of the cosmos flowers. I didn't. I meant to. In my head, I did. Like genuinely while I was recording, I was like, oh, I already went over it. Next topic. Because it just re-entered my brain. And so naturally, I thought my brain said it. It didn't. So me and these girlfriends, we had a group chat in college and it was Charlie's Angels because we were like, what is a relevant piece of media that has three characters? Because it's just the three of us. And so we had our group chat message named uh, Charlie's Angels. And one of my friends had photoshopped our faces onto the poster, like the movie poster. My face was over Drew Barrymore. Slay. Anyways, so after we graduated from college, we were like, I feel like we need to update this because like this is just not it anymore, right? Like we are matured. We are older. We are living in different places. Like we are just doing the damn thing. And so we renamed it Sex in the City. Sex in the cities, technically, because we're in different cities. I'm sorry. My cats are WWEing right now. Can you boys please, please, please? It's fucking ridiculous. So we renamed it Sex in the Cities. And okay, well, that's about as good as it's going to fucking get. So, so we renamed the group chat Sex in the City. And we Photoshop our faces onto three of the characters. We did Photoshop Miranda out. Like, cause listen, I, listen, 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 like everybody loves Miranda to a degree. Here's the thing. You hate Miranda when you watch it the first time and then you grow up and you realize Miranda's probably one of the most sane people there. Carrie? Not. Carrie and Big piss me the fuck off. Okay. Please don't even get me started with how much I cannot stand Carrie Bradshaw and Big. But Carrie Bradshaw is the main character. So Carrie Bradshaw's go-to drink is the Cosmo. You see where I'm going? Are we putting the dots together? Yeah, we are. So we got Cosmos. We got a tattoo to immortalize our group message. Um, when I told that to people, like, I don't know, my family, my peers, they were like, you got a Sex in the City tattoo? And I said, no, no. I got a tattoo based off of a group message that I am in with some of my best friends that happens to be named Sex in the City. And they said, so you got flowers. And I said, yes, but they are Cosmos flowers. Like this is the relationship with the cosmopolitan beverage. Bah, 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 bah. And they were like, that's fucking ridiculous. And I said, thank you. Anyways. Okay. So that was the first thing on my checklist. Next thing, let's talk about Cringe Mountain. Guess what is Cringe Mountain? This me sitting in my little swingy chair, talking into my little silly little microphone, putting this on the internet. But guess what? You have to climb Cringe Mountain if you want to be successful and if you want to be happy. If I live my entire life going, if I climb that mount, like you have to climb Cringe Mountain to be happy and to be successful. And what that means is you have to get over this moment of like, oh, this is embarrassing. This is cringy. There is a woman on TikTok and I – I don't know her name, but she talks about Cringe Mountain and she's like, every celebrity has had their Cringe Mountain. Like the most recent one that I saw was like Ariana Grande performing someone else's song with two backup dancers and was like doing the worst dance to it. Like it was just, it was cringy. It was cringy to watch, 
But guess what? You have to do the cringy shit to get to the point of success. You have to do the cringy shit to get to the point of joy. When it stops making you feel cringy, you're going to get more joy out of it. When you stop feeling embarrassed and you stop feeling shame, like cringe mountain, I think goes hand in hand with shame. And I think if you have not had the chance to listen to Brene Brown's TED talk on shame or watch her special on Netflix, like I, I highly recommend it because I think we are imbued with so much shame in our childhood of like, this is embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Do this, do, do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like you're so overwhelmed with what is and is not socially acceptable by who? By who? You know, like one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is called Girls Gotta Eat. I will shout them out here. I think that they are absolutely lovely. I've been listening to them for the past six years. And like, I have a parasocial relationship with them where like those women have become part of my every week routine where like, even if I don't care about their interview that they do, I need to listen to their life updates because I've become invested in it. And they feel like part of what keeps me sane. And maybe that I, and and maybe I hope that I can be that for somebody else of like for three of those six years, I was incredibly lonely, incredibly lonely, but I got to learn from what they were going through until I realized like I'm learning so much, but it's so hard for me to really feel like I'm getting all of these lessons because they are in their mid to late thirties. One of them is 40 and I'm 24. So like they're giving me great advice, but like when you were 24, it was almost a decade ago. Oh wait, no, wait, it was almost two decades ago. Like it was, it was so long ago. It was so long ago that you were my age. And in reality, 10 years is not that long. But also in reality, the world has changed at such a pace in 10 years that it's hard to fathom and it'll never go back to how it was. So I'm having to figure out this like brave new world. I'm, 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 I'm having to be out here and I'm having to learn all these things. And like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm listening to what they did, but the landscape is different. So I'm taking like this ancestral knowledge, but the world is so different that like some of it doesn't apply. Most of it doesn't apply, you know, and that's really hard. But this week they were talking to Kate Kennedy, who has this book, and they were having this really great conversation with her about like, when you're a kid, you have hobbies, you know, like you have all these things. And they were talking about like, oh my God, yeah, when I was a kid, I did pottery, I did poetry, I, I took classes on creative writing because I just, I loved doing this. And then I had one douchebag kid, one little sweaty hand teenage boy tell me, uh, the flute is stupid and I stopped playing the flute, which I enjoyed doing and I was really good at, right? And as a kid, you have one person, one person tells you it's cringy for you to do this. I remember as a kid, I wanted to do like YouTube videos and then I listened to people make fun of them. I wanted to do vines. I tried to make vines, you know? And like, mind you, I was not like creator. I was... 13 and I was just making silly little vines with my girlfriends while we were having sleepovers. But then it's like you'd post it and people would be like, dude, this is so fucking weird. Like you're being so creepy. That's so weird. That's so gross. Ew. <laughs> and then I'd watch them make fun of the other people that also were making vines. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. Like I'm I'm going to do the ones that are like sexy and like cute and like appealing to boys. I'm not going to be like myself. I'm not going to be genuine. And it pisses me off when people are not genuine, you know, like be so real and like, yeah, you're gonna be cringe. It's gonna be fucking 
weird and annoying. But like, if you're not authentic, what, are, what what is the point? So we come to this idea of cringe mountain where you have to climb the mountain of cringe in order to get to the other side. So you start as a kid and then you stop and you're like, mm, better to go back down to the flatland. And so I am doing this. And like, there's sometimes that I do cringe about this stuff where I cringe and I go, oh my God, I shared too much about my personal life. I shared too many personal details, but like, if I don't talk about it, somebody else is going to go through it and they're not going to have any guidebook. You know, like I just talked about how I really appreciate that Raina and Ashley from that podcast, that they shared their experiences and that like, hey, that's not what the landscape looks like anymore. But at least I have like a vague idea of like what it could look like. You know, why would I not want to go into something with like a conscious idea of how the world could look, you know, and I want a broad perspective because like there's so many ways that it could go. So why not give myself a broad view? So yeah, it's Cringe Mountain. This, this is Cringe Mountain and I'm climbing it and I'm at a point where like sometimes it does feel cringy. I don't think it ever fully stops feeling cringy, but you get to a point where you're just like, I enjoy it. I have fun with it. Like, honestly, it brings me joy. Like, am I genuinely influencing anyone? No. No. But I have fun. Like, I genuinely, I feel purpose doing this. It gives me pride in my day that, like, yeah, I have a business. Air quotes. Like, I do something that matters to me, you know? I do something that, like, my family who I don't talk, like, I don't talk to my family every single day. But I have family members who love me and who care about me, who listen and then are up to date on my life. So like there's that parasocial relationship where like, yeah, you know, the reality of this moment is that it is 11 p.m. and I'm sitting in this chair and I'm recording and I'm talking because I just got off of work and I'm kind of pissed off and I'm kind of amped up and I want to be at the gym and I, I want to be getting my everything out that way, but I can't do that because of what's going on. And I haven't texted my sisters. I've texted a couple of friends, but like I haven't told my whole network, oh my God, this thing happened because I don't need to, but I'm going to tell it here. And then the people in my life who care, listen. And the people who are not day-to-day in my life, but are still having a parasocial relationship with me through this platform. Hey, guess what? I love you. Hey, guess what? I appreciate you. Hey, guess what? I, on my hand, can count a couple people who I know listen to every single episode. And there's more listeners than I can count on my hand. And guess what? I don't know you, but I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having this relationship with me. You know, like, hey, reach out. Let me know. Like, genuinely, give me feedback. I want to know. Like, I want feedback. One time someone said that I take feedback as a personal assault of character. That's false. I do take it personally. So, like, please be a little nice. And if you're going to be an asshole, at least be funny. Like, if you're going to insult me, at least make me laugh with it. You know? Me names. Thank you for being here. If you have a parasocial relationship with me, understand that I also have a parasocial relationship with you by putting this out and creating this platform to facilitate that relationship. So I do appreciate you, whether you know it or not. Okay, so Cringe Mountain, climbing Cringe Mountain. Next thing, when I was on Hinge, one of the things that made me laugh, which gave me the like thumbs up to respond to someone's profile was he had a prompt that said, it was like your most controversial opinion and on it he had said I think we should be more aggressive towards cars with student driver stickers either they need to learn or they need to get off the road and 
I thought it was funny. I was like, that's actually like, this guy has a sense of humor. And I really appreciate that of like, that's fucking funny. That's so fucking funny. And so I, <laughs> I matched with him, obviously. I was driving today though. And I was like in a parking lot. I had to go to Walmart. There were seven cars in a row with baby on board stickers. And I was like, you know, I've never really stopped to think about this, but like, you know, you get pregnant you get a baby on board sticker and you put it on there. And like, when I am on the highway, I want everyone to close your eyes. Think about this for a second. Okay. So we're driving on the highway. Hands are on the wheel. We are, we are driving. You see a car with a baby on board sticker. Do you drive safer? No, you keep driving however the fuck you are. Like, what is the point of that? To let the firemen know? Hey, guess what? If you're jaws of lifing me out of the car, I'm pretty sure they'll see it. Like, I'm pretty sure they'll see that there's something in the backseat. I don't think that putting a sticker on your car is going to fucking fix that. So there's that. But genuine, who's driving different because you have a baby on board sticker? I'm not saying you shouldn't put one on there. Like, oh, they have a baby. But like... What is the point? Is anyone actually driving safer around you because you have a baby on board sticker or are you driving safer? Or like, is that your, is that the like, I'm going to drive slow. I'm sorry. Okay. Imagine me with a donut on my car driving on the fucking highway for six miles, six miles. I had to drive six miles on the highway. No exits, all semis. I had one guy pull up behind me. He honked at me. I was like, my flashers are on. I also don't want to be driving this slow. I have no choice. Like, go around me. You think I like this? Ugh, assholes. Anyways, so that was that was all that was on my list. I thought I was going to get more on my list, and then I got a flat tire. And guess what? Here we are talking about it. Here we are talking about it. So nutrition updates. Struggling to eat enough protein. Like, when I say struggling, I mean struggling. I am fucking struggling my ass off. And I don't know why, because I was doing so well. And now I'm like, I I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but like I'm trying and like, I just am not hungry. And when I am hungry, I am, you know what I've been craving? Chocolate. I'm on my period. Let's start there. I'm on my period. I'm craving chocolate. Naturally. I did not cook today. I didn't cook yesterday, but I had leftover food yesterday. So that was fine. But like I cooked eggs. Like that is the easiest thing for me to cook. And I have three things of meat that I need to cook that are in my fridge. And I'm like, they're going to make my house smell. And because I'm on my period, I have the nasal capacity of a pregnant woman. Like genuinely, I lay in bed and I can smell everything around my house. And it makes me, it, it feels vile. I don't, I'm not pregnant. I want to put that out there. I'm not pregnant. I am not pregnant. I'm on my period. Why is it that pregnancy symptoms and period symptoms are the exact fucking same? They're the exact same. Also, you want to know what my absolute nightmare is? A cryptic pregnancy. I'm terrified of it from the moment I found out about it. A girl I went to college with had one. She found out she was pregnant and then like went into labor or like she found out when she, I don't know. But either way, like that's terrifying. That is terrifying. And I remember people were like, how did you not know? And she was like, I didn't. Like I, I was on birth control. Like, I don't know. It just happened. And people were like, but you gained, like, did you not gain weight? And she was like, it was COVID. Everyone gained weight. And I was like, there. And that happened so much, so much. And like, it's, oh my God, that's terrifying. That's what haunts me in my sleep. Um, Dear sweet Tootie Lou is here now that he's being a gentle boy. He's been doing this thing because I ran out of wet food. I bought more, didn't pull it out of the car because circumstances. Where he, I'll like, give them extra dry food because I'm a loving mother. 
and he won't eat it unless it's out of my hand. Like genuinely, he will wait for me to go like this with, yep, you see it. Yep, yep, yep. He sees my hand out and he comes over and he takes a little nibble and then he goes back to what he's doing. The fuck is that about? What the fuck is that about? I don't know. I really have spoiled them. I really have. I bought reusable pee pee pads. Because I have a cat that doesn't use the litter box, but he uses doggy pads. He's like indoor puppy trained, but he, this is the fucking, this is the fucking thing. He's got sensitive paws. I have a cat that has sensitive paws and refuses to use a litter box because he doesn't like the texture of the litter. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So I I got reusable puppy pads so that I can not spend billions of dollars ruining the earth with the plastic ones because I care about the earth and I care about sustainability and because I strive to be a good mother. Yeah. So, um, so that's that. Um, not the longest episode. But an episode that needed to happen, you know, I just feel like sometimes the quick updates are what we need. Okay. We don't need every week for me to be like crying and being like, here's what's going on in my life. And I just, I feel like you guys need to know, but like, here's what's going on in my life so that you do know. And let's, let's go ahead. Let's pull one of these mindfulness prompts. All right. Let's pick a, uh, let's pick an emotion prompt. That feels accurate. Let's read the back of it. There is nothing to fear but fear itself. Franklin D. Roosevelt. What is the worst possible outcome of your fear? That I end up alone? That I die alone and no one's able to find me because I have no connection? That I never feel love? And I I, want to point out, like, I, I do feel love. I feel loved by my girlfriends. I feel loved by family members. But, like, true, genuine, all encompassing love. You know, I think about why I love the like trope of enemies to lovers and it's because enemies to lovers, that person sees the absolute fucking worst side of your main character and falls in love with them with a full knowing of that. Could you imagine someone seeing all of the worst parts of you first and that being what pulls them in? Sometimes I look in the mirror and I I don't even know what the worst parts of myself are. Like, do I even know them? Does fear aid in preventing that from happening? Yeah, I think I've been afraid of really being vulnerable. Like genuinely, it is scary to say, you know, I've looked at I've looked at how I've acted in previous relationships and like I have not given the things that are big and that are heavy the weight that they deserve. And I've just kind of like thrown them out. And I'm like, yeah, those happened, but like literally, like not the biggest thing in the world. Like, okay, and and haven't stopped to be like, Hey, this is like, just because I tell you this doesn't mean it's vulnerable, but telling you, hey, this, this is something that kind of hurts. This is something that is a scar on me and waiting for them to earn the right to know that. I haven't done that. I should. What can you do to control the outcome? Nothing. You can do nothing to control the outcome of your life. Like in reality, we have no control. And that's terrifying because we want control. Because if we have control, then we won't feel shame. If we have control, we won't feel all of these burdens that we have. But we don't have control. We don't have control over other people. When you let go of trying to control other people, you gain the opportunity to control yourself. Self-control is all we have. I can only control how I react and how I respond. In reality, Even then, some of it is involuntary, and it's my job to control calming myself down. Let's read one more. That was a good one. Good answer. Good answer. I feel like I'm on family feud. I'm going to read two more because I kind of like these. The quote is from the Dalai Lama. 
We can never obtain peace in the outer world until we make peace with ourselves. And that's something that like I thought about the other day of like, you know, I'm able to identify that like right before my period when my hormones are at their absolute apex of cuckoo crazy pants that I I feel these versions of myself that are like really angry with me and are not happy and not as loving and as kind. And that's always my like, oh, hold on. This is not accurate. This is not real, you know? But I feel at peace with myself for really the first time in my life. That like cringe mountain. I, I'm cringy. I know that. I know that I have people who maybe I see as as close in my life who behind closed doors are very open with the fact that like I'm embarrassing that I'm weird, that I talk too much and I don't know how to shut my mouth sometimes. And like, yeah, I'm not medicated anymore. I've just kind of let things roll. Yeah, I do talk a lot. ADHD, welcome to it. I love my cats. I kiss one of my cats on the mouth. Specific, Actually, he kisses me on the mouth. I actually had a guy tell me that it was weird. And he was like, you kiss your cat more than you kiss me. And I was like, he was not it. And you know who is? Toulouse, my sweet Tutelini. Because guess what, Tutelini? I say, smooches. And he comes over and he, because he loves me. How can you be at peace with yourself? If you're not at peace with yourself, um, here's my advice. Look at yourself naked. You can be physically naked, but like, look at the things that you avoid thinking about. Look at the things that you're afraid of thinking about. Look at the things that when those thoughts pop into your head, you open your eyes and you blink really hard and you go, no, 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 no. Why do you do that? What are those things? For me, it was things that I blamed myself for and that I was ashamed of and that when I really looked at it, like, yeah, I was an active participant, but I was not in a position where I was capable of making a well-informed decision. So therefore, why am I beating the fuck out of myself for it? Maybe I should give myself a little grace. Maybe I should look at it for what it was and like, what if I stepped out of my body to look at the version of myself that did that? Now, if I am standing in front of that version of myself, what would what would that version of myself need? Maybe a hug and just like a, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Hey, it sucks, but hey, I, like, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're going to get out. You're going to get out and things are going to get so much better. You're going to get out and like, it's going to be terrifying. I'm going to be so honest with you. It's going to be horribly terrifying and it's going to look nothing like what you thought it was going to be and everything that you have created in your mind to make you feel safe isn't real. But what is real is better. Like, could could you believe that you live in a world that what you were able to imagine isn't even a glimmer of how good your life is? How lucky are you? Now, it's hard to get there. It's It's a lot of hard work, but you are a hard worker. You're living through this. You are able to survive hard things. Not only are you able to survive hard things, but you are able to experience a hard thing, live through the hard thing, learn from the hard thing, and grow stronger. You're able to look in the mirror and like what you see. You're able to look back at every version of yourself with fondness instead of looking back at it and just hating it. So I found it. All right, last one. To be courageous is to stay close to the way we are made. David White. Who are you at your center? Is it different than what others expect you to be? And who do you choose to be? That's a deep one. A uh, deep cut. So I I think about kind of that topic-ish a lot of like, you know, when I was in college, I was able to really do a lot more self-discovery. 
and I got to lean in a little more into really everything. And mind you, the first year plus, you know, you kind of do it, but you're also like terrified and it is like a full mental breakdown because I've spent, you know, I remember sitting there and I remember thinking I've spent my entire life with my parents teaching me how to be and I resent it. I resent this version that I'm supposed to exist as who only wears these designers and does their nails this color and this shape and that this is trashy and that's trashy. And like, I think of Dolly Parton where, I, I mean, I was in college the first time I saw her interview where she talks about how when she was a little girl, she saw the town tramp and she thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world. And she said, I want to look like her one day. When I grow up, I want to be just like her. And her family and the town and the church said, oh, no, you don't. She's a trollop. She's a tramp. She's a whore. You don't want to be like her. And I felt that, you know, of like I saw pieces of how I wanted my future to look. And I saw it in different people than I was encouraged to be. And then it was like, you know, I want to have black fingernail polish. Like, I don't have my nails done currently, but for, you know, the past year, well, I was getting my nails done every other week. And every single time I got my nails done, there was black nail polish involved. Not every single time. There was a couple times that it wasn't for like themes or something. But like, I just got to a point where I was like, I like having one hand black and one hand of color, you know, like I, I like to have this aspect of like kind of dark and twisty. You know, I remember getting combat boots for Christmas one year and I wore them everywhere. I wore them all over the place. And like, I think it's really, it's really, it's really tough. It's really difficult to look at it and be like, I was raised to wear Lily Pulitzer and Vineyard Vines and to be very preppy and very conservative and very modest and, and all of these things and like very demure and, and dainty and pretty. And that role is fun. You know, I like that. That's, I like some of their clothes. I like some of those styles. I love it. But I, when I dress up like that, I feel like I'm playing a character and I don't always feel like it's me. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I do like it and sometimes I do feel like it's me, but not always. And most of the time, you know, I remember doing it and I was like, I, I don't love this. When do I feel the most me? I feel the most me when I'm like a little bit punkier. But then when I do that inside, I feel like me. And on the outside, I feel like everyone is judging me because I've spent my entire life wearing Lily Pulitzer. That when I wear a band t-shirt, and boots and leggings that it's like oh she's fucking trying so hard and she's so cringy and I hear the bullies I hear you know the the bullies from when I was a fucking teenager how embarrassing is that you know and like I don't feel ashamed of it but like I finally get to wear the clothes that I wanted to wear I finally get to like dress myself how I want okay over the summer my go-to outfit was a tennis dress with a jean jacket and like I fucking love that shit. I love athleisure. You know, I I look at all of, you know, the people that have made me the tapestry of who I am. And to our core, like if we really think about it, guys, we are a tapestry of the people we care about. We are the tapestry of the people we've encountered. You know, I briefly dated a guy who said the phrase creepo beepos once. And I use it at work. <laughs> I use it with friends and they're like what the fuck is that and I was like I don't know it just it makes me laugh I dated someone who oh god what was the word that he used he called someone squids one time like I don't even like I don't even know how to describe the type of person but he was like you're such a fucking squid and I was like what and then I like look back at him now and I'm like maybe that guy was a squid honestly but like 
how funny that that becomes something that you like adopt. And I think about like the people that I looked up to and how like I babysat for a family who I really liked how their lifestyle was. And I was like, I, I would love this for myself. And she drank tequila waters with a wedge of lime. So I drink tequila waters with a wedge of lime because it makes me feel this little bit of luxury. I don't know. Sit and think on that. Maybe next next episode we'll talk more on the tapestry of us and how we are to our core just tons of tiny little things of the people that we've encountered and loved and liked and gotten to be around. Uh, thank you for listening to me. I'm going to go to bed. I uh, I think I need it. I love you all. Thank you for being here. Uh, come back next week. I will have a new tire and I'll have an update. Uh, thank you for being here. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. I don't know. Do nice things. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs>